Entrepreneur on Fire 805. It's not just something that kids have because 85% of people walking around right now don't know they have it. John Lee Dumas and WebinarOnFire.com have arrived. Create amazing webinars in eight days and ignite. Worried about your server crashing or getting hacked? Get instant recovery from Abaxio, which comes with a $1 million guarantee. Learn more at abaxio.com slash fire. That's A-B-A-X-I-O dot com slash fire. Transform any phone into your business phone with eVoice. Go to eVoice.com slash fire for your 30-day free trial, plus you get $5 off your bill every month. But this offer ends January 31st. That's eVoice.com slash fire. Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Eric Tivers. Eric, are you prepared to ignite? John, I am focused and ready. Yes. Eric is a psychotherapist and productivity coach in private practice. He specializes in ADHD and autism and hosts the ADHD Rewired podcast. Eric, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight. So share more about you personally and expound upon the biz. Sure. Well, John, thanks for having me on. Yes. So I am a a person that is really passionate about self-awareness and self-improvement and really getting an understanding for how our brain works. So a little bit of background. When I was 14, my dad had a brain aneurysm and had some pretty major brain surgery. I mean, I don't think there's a, I think it's minor brain surgery, but he was in the ICU for three months and he came back as a different person. And what I watched was him continuing to maintain this incredibly hard work ethic. The only problem is he could not do what he used to be able to do and it never really explored plan B. So fast forward, I went to to college and I almost failed out, which is when I learned that I wasn't actually stupid or lazy, but that I have ADHD. And so I've kind of taken uh, that knowledge and that understanding and really have leveraged my entire career uh, around that. And I specialize that uh, now in in my professional life. Um, I'm also a self-taught musician. I actually almost dropped out of college to uh, to play music on the road. Um, I uh, uh, taught myself to play piano and guitar. I love Frisbee golf. Um, and as you said, I have a podcast. Um, <laughs> And I owe a lot of that uh, actually getting it off the ground to you. So, so thank you. And thanks for being an incredible guest on my podcast. I think you are one of two who have been on my show who do not have ADHD. I also have an amazing wife and an incredible three-year-old son who truly just blows my mind on a daily basis. Oh, I love that. And Eric, I have to say that I was honored to be on your podcast. And one thing that I love, and a lot of people come to me and say, John, I have this idea for a podcast, but is it just too niche? Is it just too specialized? And I say, no, like this is what you should be focusing on. Like what can you absolutely dominate in an area that you love? And that's when when you came to me with your idea, I was like, no, like that's your podcast ideas, ADHD. Let's focus on that. And to see what you've done with that, Eric, and the people that you've inspired and the audience that you're growing and you're continuing to grow is really inspiring to see. And I do want to ask you kind of a tough question to start things off. And, you know, a sure. little disclaimer, I don't know enough to even have an opinion on this, but, you know, I hear things. And a lot of times you'll hear people say, 
you know, hey, ADHD, I mean, is this something that's made up? I mean, this didn't even exist. This wasn't even diagnosed like 50 years ago. And, you know, kids seem to be fine or bouncing off walls. That's just part of growing up. Like, what do you say to people, Eric, when they come up to you and they have that kind of opinion when it comes to ADHD? There's a couple ways that I respond to that. One, I try to kind of hold back the, uh, the frustration that I feel um, because it is a frustrating feeling when you live it every day. It's, you know, I, you don't choose to, you know, sit and think about that thing that you want to do for weeks or even months and not take action on it. You don't choose to forget to, you know, let's say if you're a kid to, to turn in the homework that you actually spent hours doing, doing the homework's the hard part, turning it in is something else. So when you, when we hear people say that it's made up, what I would really just say to them, you know, I can understand how you could feel that it, it seems that it's, it's more around us these days. But what's more around us is one, there's more awareness around us, but this is nothing new. You know, until a few years ago, we used to think that it dated back to uh, the early 1900s when uh, there's a, a psychiatrist named Dr. Bradley who um, had a group of inpatient boys in a psychiatric hospital. And there were nurses who wanted to, who were about to resign uh, their, their position because he wanted to treat these hyperactive boys with stimulant medication, which seems just completely ab- absurd. And what they saw immediately was how it actually helped them focus, it helped them calm down. And so this idea that it's this, you know, advent of, of, you know, our modern era is just not true. So what we recently have discovered is uh, dating back to the 1700s, there was a, a manuscript discovered that was translated uh, from German of what would we now would refer to as ADHD, all the, all the symptoms were, were described there. And, you know, one of the things that, that is a problem with ADHD is the name ADHD. It's, it, it does not really well describe its name. Um, John, you, you're pretty good at math from when I had you on uh, my podcast and, yeah. and threw a math problem at you and you, you just blew my mind. <laughs> so, if, you know, so you know what a mathematical factorial is? Uh, let's describe it. So just basically all the different combinations of, of, uh, of something that can happen. So in the what's called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM. So this is what we come up with with when we have diagnoses of different disorders and just the human condition. You know, because here's the thing. We all do things sometimes. All right. But doing things sometimes is a human trait. You know, even putting your keys in the fridge sometimes, you know, maybe we've all done that (laughs) once. I've done some pretty like mind blowing things, like as far as just letting things drift and saying, how did that even happen? I mean, it's for me, you know, it's, it's funny things like I showed up early to my doctor's appointment. I just got the wrong day or the wrong <laughs> doctor. And, but it's things like that, like throughout my entire life. Okay. So it's, and it causes impairment. So when you do this mathematical factorial, one of the reasons that it's challenging is because, you know, so in, in with ADHD for, um, it used to be, you need to have, there's a total of 18 symptoms. Okay. And you can have, uh, nine symptoms of either hyperactivity, impulsivity. That's one of the presentations of ADHD. And the other type of presentation of ADHD is what's called predominantly inattentive presentation. So the disorganized, kind of spacey. Right. Um, you know, 
the, the, the person who's kind of very entertained in their own head, but has no clue what's going on around them. And that would certainly describe me when I was a kid. So I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't hyperactive at all. I wasn't, you know, the hyperactive kids are the ones that get the help because they're the troublemakers in a lot of ways. Right. Because ADHD specifically stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So I guess it can be a, any combination of those. Right. So it can be, so you can have ADHD without the H. Okay. And for a lot of people, that's like, wait, what? And sometimes those are the people that fly under the radar, unfortunately. Right, right. And I have a lot of, especially dads, will come into my office and say, well, my kid doesn't have ADHD. He can sit in front of that damn video game for eight hours without <laughs> taking a break. And then I say to them, well, you know that typical kids can't actually do that. Um, and so it, one of the issues is it's called, it has to do with attention regulation. And we have something called hyperfocus, which, you know, can, if you understand how to manage it, can be leveraged in a really positive way. Um, when you're interested in something, it's possible to get so focused on it that you can really have this intense focus. So the issue really is attention regulation. Uh, so it's not being able to manage the right amount of attention for the right amount of time in the right place. Um, and then it also has to do with what we refer to as executive functioning. And ADHD really is a disorder of executive functioning, which is a part of our kind of brain function. Jen, that has to do with planning organizing, task initiation, sequencing, time management, uh, working memory, perspective memory, uh, which are different types of memory. So working memory is you walk into a room and you're like, wait, what, what are I coming here to do? And we all had those experiences, but people with ADHD have them often. So Eric, what I want to kind of do here is, is yeah. reel this in because it's obvious, Fire Nation, how passionate Eric is about this topic. He can continue to go on and on about this. So if this is something that is really inspiring you and something you want to learn more about, then ADHD Rewired Podcast is obviously for you. And, you know, go check that out. And uh, Eric is talking about this, you know, every single episode. Now, Eric, I do want to put myself on the spot here because I do remember um, you giving me a math problem. I don't remember really what it was or how it worked. Um, can you give it to me again on, on Entrepreneur Fire? I want to see if I can go two for two. And I, and I might fail this time. Okay. Oh, man. I... So it, it was your version of your, uh, your $500 uh, question. Okay. And I, I, I'll try to make something up on, on the fly. Yeah, because this is totally on the fly. We, never, we didn't talk about this pre-interview. <laughs> I'm just, I just like, I love competition and I love like this kind of stuff. So just make something up and let's just see if I can do it again. Okay. So um, you are in a brand new world. You have $500, a microphone, a laptop, and a, a content creator, Kate. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so you have uh, produced 10 podcasts. Yes. And Kate wants to produce two podcasts. And you are uh, one week in. How many more podcasts do you have to do to meet your quota by the end of the month? Five. I have no idea if you're right. Okay. <laughs> I think we're going to go with it. <laughs> two for two, baby. Loving it. Uh, Eric, and by the way, Fire Nation, if you want to check out uh, my episode on Eric's podcast where he actually does have it all written out and he can just say, you know, I can't believe this, but you are actually right. Um, go ahead and so listen to fast. it. <laughs> it was, it was like absurdly fast. Uh, I had people in my, uh, in my Facebook community that was like, is that guy for real? <laughs> <laughs> and only actually you and I really know that it was for real, but it really was. So that's episode 30. All right, Eric, let's pull it back and let's just dive into your success quote. Okay. I'm going to give you two. Uh, the first one is always do your best 
and your best will be different every day. The second one is, now I'm guessing you probably have never had this one on, uh, on your podcast, and that's <laughs> masquerading as a normal person day after day is exhausting. <laughs> okay, why'd you choose that second one? Because what I do has so much to do with self-acceptance of who you are, and it's way more challenging to try to be who you're not than it is to be who you are. So, so true. I'm going to link both of those up on the show notes page. Who do we attribute the second one to? Is this an Eric Tivers original? This is, this was actually given to me. I have a placard that was given to me very lovingly by my father-in-law. Um, and we have it in our kitchen and I, I just love it. Okay. Well, lovingly and father-in-law normally don't go in the same sentence. So we're, <laughs> we're breaking all kinds of rules here, but Eric, I love it. I want to dive into a failure story. I want to dive into a time that you, Eric Tivers, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurially, you think I could pronounce that, that word since I have a <laughs> podcast on this, but in the entrepreneur space where you just flopped, talk about that story, but really take us there. I was thinking about this question for so long and I was thinking about, okay, what's, what's the kind of failure? And, you know, it's really hard for me to acknowledge a single failure because I feel like my whole life has been us going from a series of failures to aha moments. Yeah, but I really want one story. Okay, one story. So, you know, I could, I could say that I had 20 jobs at the time I was 20. But, okay, but that's not you know, one story. That's not one story. Okay. I almost failed out of school. I had a, my first semester in school, I had a, I got a 2.2 GPA and I was, you know, enjoying my freshman year of school. As we all do. Yes. <laughs> yes. And but my parents said to me, if you don't get those grades up, you are coming home. And so, <laughs> you know, that a little bit of that, that fire was lit. And I said, well, that, that's, I don't want that to happen. So uh, second semester, I did this. I had this really good idea, and that was to maybe I should open up the books. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. And I got a one eight. <laughs> so I finished my freshman year with a two point oh. I, some miracle happened where I convinced my parents to uh, to let me go back. And so that, that failure was really going uh, and that experience of almost failing and not knowing why, trying and not knowing why. But then I figured out. Uh, that following year, I had a, a kind of a chance meeting with a friend who um, really you know, sat down with me and we were talking and she was sharing with me her story and that she was recently diagnosed with ADHD. And for the first time in my life, John, someone had put into words my life experience. Mm. And so I went that, that very next week and, um, and got an evaluation and uh, it confirmed that I, I did in fact have ADHD. Um, so, you know, it's, so that's kind of the one point of my, my failure. My next one is that I'm going to fast forward to grad school. Okay. Let me share my biggest failure in Please. college first. That was uh, tipping the scales at 200 pounds on a 5 foot 10 inch frame. And uh, even now at 35 years old, I'm only 177 pounds. So the freshman 15 was more like the freshman 25-ish. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's awesome. I, th I think I I think I lost weight you know, when I was in college, which is really weird. Yeah, people just have different experiences. You know, like you go away from home. Some people just stop eating, but some people like me to say, "Oh, chicken nuggets every day, done." <laughs> For me, it was probably I I realized I had to actually plan in order to eat, and that wasn't <laughs> something that I had the skill to do yet. Right there, you go. So the other failure was so I was in grad school, and so. While I was very successful in grad school, it's actually one of my, my greatest accomplishments. I finished with a 4.0. It 
the what it took me to get there was something that I would consider a a in a sense a failure. So I was going from um, day to day where I was getting two hours of sleep a night. I was doing my drive down to grad school. I was doing the bobbing and weaving. In fact, I know you like stories, so I figured this would be a great great place for. A you must not have had a, an inspiring enough podcast while you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I think I was listening to a podcast on, on ADHD actually one of the <laughs> older ones where the sound quality was just atrocious. Okay, get into the story. Okay, so I'm driving down to uh, to school to I went to to uh, UIC and University of Illinois Chicago, and I, I don't remember if it was exactly that I was sleepy at the wheel, but I was rear-ended, and then I rear-ended a, a car in front of me. The person that I rear-ended turned out that I learned later was my mother-in-law. Oh. So I, I, I learned that. And then, um, but what I really learned from that failure was that like, okay, in grad school, which was the hardest thing I ever ha- had done, there's only so much you can do. And my management strategy for my ADHD was to take medication and I didn't have any skills. And so I was working my butt off in a very unhealthy way where I was, I mean, I was getting sick. Um, and then I realized, you know what, I got to figure out what the heck is this ADHD thing and what can I actually do about it besides just take medication? Well, Eric, this is actually where I want to jump in because this is a question I wanted to ask you earlier, but we were really kind of just getting into the weeds a little bit, which is where your podcast is going to be awesome for people that really want to learn more. So let me challenge you in just 30 seconds. What are some other ways that people, um, with ADHD can treat themselves, um, you know, besides medication? Sure. And, and I want to just say, I, and I still take medication and um, it's, it's kind of like putting glasses on my brain. Ooh, it's a good analogy. But you're cutting into your 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so ADHD is one of those things that if you learn as much as you can about it, it can make a huge, huge difference. When it comes to planning, break things down into the most actionable step. You know, I'll give the example of the dishwasher. If you feel like you have to empty the dishwasher and that task seems overwhelming, think about what is the very first step you need to take. Well, you need to be in the place to make the action happen. So the first step is just go stand in front of the dishwasher. If you're still still feeling overwhelmed by that action, what's the next step? It's put your hand on the handle and open it. If you're still feeling overwhelmed, Pull out that drawer. What's the next step? Put one dish away. Usually by that, that first dish, you can keep going. And so it's knowing those executive functions. So task initiation is often very difficult. But once you get going, it sometimes it can be even harder to stop. So it's understanding that the challenges that you're experiencing with ADHD are not moral. They're not character. They are neurological. Motivation is neurological, which is why when I'm interested and why when I care about something, I can work my butt off. And if I don't like something, it's really hard to get me to do it. Okay, let me sum it up here, Fire Nation. Go listen to ADHD Rewired and you'll get all of this and so much more. And Eric, what I want you to do now is tell your aha moment story and get focused, get specific, drill into it. All right, my my aha moments. So you know, as I was kind of saying that I feel like my last 14 years, in a sense, was a series of, of aha moments. So it's kind of like the, you know, that light bulb is not really a light bulb, but it's more of a string of bright, shiny objects. <laughs> so when I got that diagnosis, I mean, that was the, the one aha moment. When I took medication for the first time, John, there's a, an experience that I think that, that people who have ADHD and have taken medication often can relate to, and that's feeling normal 
for the very first time in my life. Oh. I used to, uh, so let me describe to you what it used to be like when I used to read. So I would read something and it would trigger a thought. Yeah. And then that thought would trigger another thought. And then, then I would just start thinking about the idea of thinking in general. But in the meantime, I'm still reading. And I'm reading and I'm thinking about all these other thoughts. I get to the end of the chapter of what I just read and I have no clue what I just read. <laughs> so do I go back to reread it? No, um, that, that doesn't occur to me. I just go on to the next thing. So, you know, now that I'm able to focus, I have the ability to focus, but I have no idea what to focus on. So, you know, my sophomore year after I kind of get the second chance and I go back to school, uh, now taking medication and I change my major from communications to social work. So something else also occurred with that, that change is that I found that I loved my new, my new uh, area of study. I loved social work. And what I realized was that I have to love what I'm doing because when I love what I'm doing, it's like my brain just works. It goes into this. I'm working in my area of strengths. I, mean, I used to spend 18 hours at a stretch John, at the library. I actually, I once pulled an all weaker, <laughs> not an all nighter or an all weaker. And let me tell you, if you've ever done anything close to that, you know, the, the hallucinations that you experience when through severe sleep deprivation are crazy. So, but I didn't, so I was able to focus and work really, really hard, but I didn't have the skills. Right. So after college, I realized, I mean, so I started working, uh, for a couple of years before I went to grad school and I found that I fell in love with working with kids with autism. But I realized that if I was going to make any money doing that, I needed to go back to, to college or back to grad school. And which I already said, it was one of the most challenging uh, kind of things in my life. And it was through that that I realized I needed to really develop tools. I really needed to develop skills because I learned that you know, I had no, I didn't know how to use a planner. I didn't even know how to use a to-do list. You know, when people tell would say to me, well, write it down. It's like, that's, you know, I get that it's, it, your intention is good, but I have brain dysfunction in a lot of ways and I don't understand how that actually works. So what I realized was that I was going through life on autopilot, but the problem was uh, that in my brain, the autopilot button was broken. Okay, let me rephrase that for Fire Nation. I mean, that's so powerful. I was going through life on autopilot, but I realized that the autopilot button was broken. I mean, really absorb that for a second, Fire Nation. I mean, how many of us are going through lives on autopilot, whether with ADHD or without? And I mean, sadly, it's it's a vast majority. I can say it's it's definitely not a majority of people that are listening to my voice right now because, I mean, you're listening to a business entrepreneurial podcast. I mean, that just puts you in the top 1%, in my opinion, already of people that are actually taking action in life and, and taking that autopilot switch, turning it off and taking control. So congratulations. But I mean, that's, that's kind of scary to have that realization later in your life that Eric had. Very powerful stuff. And Eric, I'm going to shift us to present time, to today. Okay. I want to talk with my audience about the one thing that fires you up more than anything else right now. Man, it's the hardest questions for me to answer are the ones where someone asked me, what's the one thing? And this is like the how entrepreneur fire is. I'm like one story, one answer, 60 seconds, focus. Okay. 
Uh, besides me being prepared to launch my second coaching group, um, and I use the launch strategy that I learned through your podcast, listening to Jeff Walker, what I am really excited about is, so I met a, a woman named Ellen Schnur at a Toastmasters group, and she's a president of my Toastmasters group, and she, what she does is she runs improv workshops for businesses, teaching them how to do improv uh, uh, for, to improve communication and sales. So after a one of my Toastmasters meetings, she told me after I was talking a little bit about podcasting that she wanted to learn how to podcast. So you know, I we met a couple of times, and she wanted to hire me to to teach me uh, for me to teach her how to do podcasting on a one on one basis. And then you know, I love to teach and I love to do workshops, and that's something that I want to do more of. And this is something that she's doing on a regular basis. So she was sitting in my office, and I said, you know what? Ellen, instead of me t- just teaching you how to do this and you paying me as a, as a coach to, to do this, what if I teach you how to do this and at the same time, we write a workshop together and we teach other people how to tell stories and how to do it through a podcast. And don't worry, I did suggest um, Podcast Paradise. I, I was about to say, hello, I am, of course. I'm in the room. <laughs> of course, of course. And, you know, and um, so, but what, what we're talking about too is how to really leverage that story. Right. How to how to really bring you know what 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 do someone that that teaches improv and a psychotherapist have in common? You know, it's so it's kind of the, this unlikely pair. Um, and so we're developing this workshop about you know storytelling and then how to how to do podcasting. So that's what I'm really kind of fired up about. Well, you should be. And, you know, seeing stuff like Serial, the new podcast has come oh out. God. That was the fastest podcast ever to reach 5 million downloads. And seeing Alex Bloomberg leaving NPR and starting his podcast, Startup and Reply All and Gimlet Media, which is his entire podcasting corporation. This is where podcasting is going. It's going into stories. And I was actually up at San Francisco a few, uh, it was about two months ago now with Alex Bloomberg giving a workshop at Creative Live. And his portion of the workshop was how to tell stories through podcasting. So Eric, if that's not something that you've watched, you need to go to Creative Live and get the Alex Bloomberg uh, course on how to tell stories in podcasting. He's been doing it for years and teaching a course on how to tell stories at Columbia. Uh, Amazing, amazing guy. Mm -hmm. Future guest on Entrepreneur on Fire, actually. So what we're going to do now, Eric, is move into the lightning rounds. But before we do this, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. My favorite thing about owning and running my business is the freedom to do the things that I'm passionate about and the freedom to be truly location independent. With the help of the incredible internet, I'm able to stay in touch with my audience via social media, provide valuable content that's scheduled so I never skip a beat, and engage via email with partners to ensure everything is running smoothly. And with the help of eVoice, I'm also able to stay in touch via phone. With a toll-free number, professional voice greeting, and a dial-by-name directory, eVoice transforms any phone into your business phone. So whether I'm at a tropical vacation or running around like a madman running my business, I always have the ability to be in touch when I want to be. Want to try it for yourself? Go to evoice.com slash fire now to start your 30-day free trial. In Fire Nation, right now, evoice is offering you $5 off your bill every month, but this offer ends January 31st. Stay connected with evoice. Go to evoice.com slash fire. That's evoice.com slash fire. 
Have you ever been faced with a data disaster in your business, a server malfunction, ransomware, or other natural disaster like a fire or flood threatening your data? What if there was a way to gain peace of mind, knowing that if you ever did find yourself in a situation like this, that someone had your back, that you didn't have to stress over how long it would take to get your site back up and running? Abaxio Cybersecurity offers instant recovery of your server from any situation. With Abaxio, you'll not only gain the ability to get your server back online instantly, either from your office location or their remote data center, you'll also be backed up by a $1 million guarantee from AIG and Lloyds of London. With monthly payment plans available starting at just $49 and credibility that comes with 15 years in the business, Abaxio has your back. Your website is your home base. Make sure it's protected with Abaxio cybersecurity. Learn more at abaxio.com slash fire. That's A-B-A-X-I-O dot com slash fire. Eric, welcome to the lightning round, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers in one sentence or less. Sound like a plan? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Going to throw in that one sideliner for you. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Either it was the paperwork or I needed to get laid off on the same week that I bought a house. So I have that urgency. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? When, when I was laid off, I called my uh, clinical supervisor, Anna Razies, uh, and on my way home and said, told her, I just got laid off and I have a mortgage now. She put me in contact with her mentor, a therapist named Joe Canavello. And I met with him and he told me, go get yourself a map pin yourself in the middle and draw a circle 25 miles around it and go meet as many people as you can that are doing similar things that you want to do. And the rest is history. Boom. Share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. I would say it's probably mildly obsessive and intentional daily, weekly, and monthly planning with accountability to those plans. Do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? Freedom, and I just got turned on to realtimeboard.com. Realtimeboard.com. If you could recommend one book, Eric, for our listeners, what would it be and why? I would actually recommend ADD-friendly ways to organize your life. And even if you don't have ADHD, this I refer to as the organizational Bible. It has a lot of pictures. It breaks organizational strategies down to real common sense. It was that thing where it's like, oh, now I know how to make a to-do list. Now I know how to make a tickler filer, a file. So it's a great, great tool. It's ADD-friendly ways to organize your, your life by Judith Kohlberg and Kathleen Nadeau. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like this one for free at eofirebook.com. And Eric, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of. But all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? So, Jen, I've been thinking about this question for a, for a <laughs> long time. So, that, that's where the doozy is, how to actually answer this. Doozy. I, so, yeah, last night, I was sitting and I was kind of actually meditating on this question. And I, you know, I was really thinking about it. 
And what I realized is that I would be probably in, in, in significant grief because if I don't know anybody, that means that I lost the people that I care about the most. So I would probably take that laptop and look up uh, who are some of the best therapists that can help me get through this period of grief. <laughs> um, and I would spend that $500 paying for a handful of, of therapy sessions. Um, and since you said my, my shelter is taken care of, I'm going to move somewhere warm, probably near you. <laughs> San Diego. So, Eric, let's end today on fire with you sharing just one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much. And I would encourage people to come in and listen to episode 30 where I had you on yeah. uh, the podcast. Parting piece of, of guidance is, you know, always challenge what you think you know. If you struggle with organization, if you struggle with impulsivity, if you if you feel like life just seems to throw you all these curveballs and uh, things seem to be harder for you, explore ADHD. You know, it's, it's not just a, something that kids have because 85% of people walking around right now don't know they have it. So go explore that uh, because it can change your life. And um, that, so that was my parting piece of advice. And the other part of the question, I've only heard this podcast how many times? Um, <laughs> Can we connect with you, my man? Yes. Best way to, to reach me is through my website. Just go to ADHDrewired.com. You can find links to my, my podcast, my coaching and therapy services. Um, and so that's, that's the best way to reach me. EricTivers.com or ADHDrewired.com. Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Eric and myself today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com, type Eric in the search bar, his show notes page will pop right up. And Eric, thank you, my friend, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Is it time to create and launch your podcast? 15 video tutorials with yours truly await at freepodcastcourse.com. See you there.